the best in the world. I've been the best ever since day one on this microphone, in that ring, even in commentary. And trust me when I tell you, I am the hottest property in this industry today. Nobody can touch me. The only thing that's real is me, day in and day out. I am the best in the world. Do I have everybody's attention now? What up, people? Welcome to the long-delayed, world-renowned, hardly ever listened to, Saucy Thoughts of Donnie U podcast, featuring the one and only Donnie U, best in the world of what he does. This edition of the podcast was actually supposed to happen about a week and a half ago. It actually was supposed to be a Super Tuesday edition of One Election Day, you know, recapping the results of the election. Well, election day came and went, and we're still counting votes. And we have yet to see a seamless, smooth transition from this current piece of shit regime to the next regime that's going to come over and hopefully get everything back close to normal. So I figured since, uh, you know, old boy in the office can drag his feet and uh, delay stuff, why can't I? I'm a citizen. And um, as long-time listeners know, a lot of times I might say, yeah, we're going to get a podcast on this date. And, um, of course, it always ends up coming a little late, but it always comes. (laughs) That's one of my specialties. (laughs) At least that's what my wife says. Anyway, so this edition... I'm going to talk a little bit about the ongoing raging pandemic that's going on. Um, Being the fact that I'm from New York City, I live in New York City, and I currently work in New York City. We're very close to shutting this shit down again. So I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about what the hell is going on with um, the election results and what I believe is really going on. I'll touch on that. And guess what? I'm actually going to talk about sports. I'm going to talk about the Mets. I'm going to talk about the NBA. And unfortunately, I think I might even talk about the Jets and renege on what I said before that I was going to refrain on talking about the J-E-T-S, the Jets, on my podcast. But guess what? It's my podcast, and I could I could renege, and I could talk about whatever the fuck I want. So, yeah, that's the intro. It's going to be a bumpy ride as usual. Oh, yeah, by the way. Donnie Ooh got some merch coming. So all these listeners, all these people that are listening to the sound of my voice, hopefully you'll support. But I know you will. All right, so yeah, I'm going to cut this intro short. And, uh, you know, as usual, good night and goodbye. Bang! Pandemic. Got that pandemic. Two for five. Pandemic. Yeah. November 13th slash 14th, 2020. We are currently in, I believe, the seventh month of the ongoing raging pandemic.
as of 10 day, for the last 14 days in the last 14 days 1 million yeah you heard me correct 1 million people in the United States have tested positive for the coronavirus in the last 14 days. Unfreaking believable. As I said in the intro, I'm from New York City. New York State as a whole since this since April have been one of the shining stars of this country during this pandemic. For the last, I want to say, five months, our positivity rate as a whole has been hovering below 2%. In the last month, it's crept up to about two and a half percent. We're on the verge of locking this shit down again. Which, personally, I have no problem with. Because looking back, even though it ended up being all right for the time being, Looking back at the beginning in March and in April, when those two months felt like two years, when we did go on a quote-unquote shutdown of the city, it did help stop the spread of this deadly virus. But at the same time, there was a lot of things that weren't shut down. Because... We had to make sure that the essential workers were able to do their essential job. Now, once they eased restrictions over the summer and started and opened the restaurants back for outdoor seating, the positivity rate still hovered below 2% because everybody was outdoors. Now, I believe last month is when they lifted the restrictions for indoor dining. And since they've lifted the restriction for indoor dining, guess what? Positivity rate has slowly crept up, slowly crept up. Since it started getting cold, Everybody's starting to have more house parties. We had the big thing last month with the Hasidic community, with their multiple holidays, religious holidays that uh, require mass gatherings. And there was a whole damn near civil war in parts of Brooklyn, Williamsburg, Borough Park, to be exact. Coincidentally, you know, not not too long after those holidays 
past the positivity rate has gone up. Now I say all that to say this. A couple of days ago, Governor Cuomo pretty much uh, laid out a list of plans on trying to uh, get a grasp so we don't have a full bur- full blown outbreak here in the great state of New York, especially in the great city of New York. His plans went as followed. 10 o'clock, 10 p.m. every night, restaurants, bars, and other eateries must close. He's also recommended even though people feel like he mandated, but he recommended because at the end of the day, unfortunately, unfortunately, he can't control what goes on into your house. But he recommended, you know, Thanksgiving is coming. Usually that's a time of family gatherings. Let's try to limit to 10 people. Oh! That was the sound of the masses screaming, oh, he doesn't have a right. He doesn't have a right to do that. Shoot. Damn him. My family coming. My family coming deep. Like at the end of the day, if motherfuckers would just put on their mask, and I say this as a motherfucker just walked past my my car studio without a fucking mask. Oh, matter of fact, a mask in his hand, spitting on the floor. If motherfuckers would just put on their mask and just sacrifice just a little bit for the betterment of the whole, we wouldn't be in this fucking predicament. People are going through mental anguish right now because of the longevity of this pandemic. I have a, I, I, I might have said it in the, in the past, but I have a, I have, a, I have a young daughter that pretty much has anxiety attacks every time she has to come outside. Every time that me and the missus decide, you know, what, we're going to have takeout tonight, depending on what and where determines how safe she feels the food is to eat. She has... Washed her hands obsessively to the point that when she puts Vaseline on the hands, it just sops it right up. But yet, the masses don't give a fuck about that. The masses, I mean, look on look on social media. You look, you can look on the gram. You can look on the book. You can look on Snapchat, whatever the fuck. People living their life, for however short as it may be, being the fact of they're bound, they're, they're bound to get sick. Now, one of these motherfuckers probably got decent insurance, but yet you playing Russian roulette because I got to live my life. I got to live my life. It's a damn shame that a matter of life and death has become so politicalized 
on the fact of whether you're sheep or you're a wolf. So I guess being a wolf means, you know, you're just immune to whatever the fuck goes around and you don't, you don't have no care about anybody else. And being a sheep means actually being concerned and proactive on trying to mitigate the casualties that are being that, that that's rapidly accumulating due to this pandemic and what it really ba- what it really really is based on is our ingrained selfishness as a country as a city as a state as a society at whole like i just i just don't understand if the mask isn't comfortable guess what get one that's comfortable i mean don't get me wrong There's been times in the last month that I'm about to leave out the house to go to work or run an errand and I'll get to the door and I'll literally forget, yo, I don't have a mask on. Why, why, why did I feel that gust of wind around uh, across my lip? Oh, and guess what I do? Do an about face and go put a fucking mask on. I got about 10. 10 different cloth masks. And then, of course, you know, I got my little supply of my surgical and my N95s. I got, a, I got my cloth mask in all different colors. I got a Mets mask. I got a Golden State mask. I got masks that match my uniform. I got masks that match my hats. I said, fuck it. This going to keep me safe. This going to keep others safe. And I need to make it as comfortable as possible so I can wrap my brain around it. So it's like second nature. Knock on wood. And that sound you hear is my head. Since January, I haven't been sick. Since January, I don't believe I've caught a cold. I might have had a small, a very, very short bout with allergies in May or June. But for the most part, due to my due diligence, due to me being very, very stringent on making sure that I take my, I take my vitamins. I was he I was eating a lot healthier at the beginning of this. I've kind of I've kind of slacked on that. I've been doing a lot of takeout. Been doing a lot of Five Guys, Shake Shack, Best Eye Fish Fry. You know, the usual. But um I haven't, you know, I I which god I've I persevered so far. And I really personally believe it's because of the fact that I wear a mask. Not so much that I'm wearing a mask. I mean, not so much that the mask has protected me from the Rona. 
which hopefully, and I believe it has so far, but I believe it's protecting me from getting the common cold. I used to, I would catch a cold like twice a year. Once in the summer, once in the winter. And then I would get the flu. And I've never been a proponent of the flu shot. I got the flu shot once. And I actually caught a real bad flu that, that year. And I said, fuck that. I catch the flu every year. So if I'm going to get a shot, it's going to give me a, a, a worse strain of the flu. Fuck it. I ain't going to take the shot. Guess what your boy Donnie did on his vacation a couple weeks ago? Donnie got himself a flu shot. Because I'm like, you know, at this point in time... Will it really hurt? Will it really hurt? I mean, what do I have to lose? Really? What do I have to lose? And I tra- and I'm going to transition this conversation from the pandemic to breaking news late yesterday evening. The piece of crap in office came out of his groundhog hole. For the first time since the election, to speak to the nation about a potential vaccine. And of course, with his petty ass, what does he proceed to make the topic about? Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York saying, you know, the vaccine should be readily available anywhere, everywhere but New York because Cuomo doesn't trust anything for the government so therefore he's not going to let y'all get the vaccine and then Cuomo as a New Yorker did I mean as a New Yorker does say oh talking shit about me <laughs> what you think I don't got the same connections you do yo fuck that he went on MB- MSNBC he went on CNN and he refuted the point Pretty much, his point is this. Being the fact that said piece of shit in office has done so many things and have said so many lies and has proven his unworthiness of his position that he currently holds. Being all of that is his record, his track record. Anything that he's vouching for, I'm not taking 100%. So therefore, I have my whole team working concurrently with the manufacturing company of the vaccine. So therefore, when they say it's ready and my team approves approves it, it'll be pretty much simultaneously and everything will go according to plan. Because at the end of the day, for this to be successful, if you need, if you would like or if you need everybody to take this vaccine or you need the majority of people to take the vaccine, the only way people are going to actually take it is if they trust it. A hundred and ten percent. We're in 2020. The age of conspiracy theories the age of you can go on the internet and pretty much find something that'll back your point of view no matter how warped it is so 
a lot of people are skeptical. A lot of people are skeptical. Myself included. I know one thing. If I do take said vaccine, I will not be taking version one. I will not be taking version two and I will not be taking version three. Let them work out the kinks for everybody else. And then when I see that, all right, well, you know, let's say one in 500,000 get sick from the vaccine. Then I'm like, you know what? I fine. I'll do it. Because at the end of the day, my responsibility is to protect my family, protect my friends, to protect the people that are close to me. The people, unfortunately, that are close around me. That's my responsibility as a human being, as a man, as a father, as a husband. And I'm going to throw this shit in here, even though it makes no sense, as a podcaster. How about that? How about that? Podcasting etiquette 101. Take care of others before you take care of yourself. I don't know if that's actually true, but sounds good. But yeah, it, this, this is just ridiculous. This is ridiculous. I mean, which girl right now, I, I mean, I, I, I received an email from CityMD stating that the lines are starting to get long again. Their staff is starting to get overworked again. So they're actually having to cut hours. How about that? So if your local city MD used to close at 8 o'clock, guess what? They're closing at 6.30. So you better get your ass in there at 6.30. They'll see you. But pretty much after 6.30, they ain't not let nobody else in. These are signs that it's about to go down again. It's about to go down again. And then unfortunately, we don't have a month, a month and a half to to hope and cross our fingers that, well, you know, weather's about to break, people go outside, and, uh, you know, it should get better. No, 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 no. It's about to go down in November. So we got December, January, February, March. We got four months of cold weather. And people are tired of wearing a mask. People are getting pandemic fatigue you know what fatigue you don't want you don't want covid fatigue meaning you don't want to have that shit and it takes every bit of energy to walk to the bathroom it takes every bit of energy to which go ahead to take a sip of a, a a cup of tea it takes every bit of energy just to breathe that's the type of fatigue you don't want I said it before I said it again Still think I, I had that shit in fucking January But being the fact that It wasn't diagnosed and they didn't know what the fuck They were looking at then I don't count as a statistic But I know what the fuck I felt I'm not trying to feel that shit again And I really don't wish that On my worst enemy I might wish other things But not that November 3rd, 2020, day of the presidential election.
toward the end of that day, the piece of shit in the office was losing in the electoral vote count. Five states. And these five states go as follows. Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, and North Carolina were all not finished counting the mail vote. The mail-in vote. Forgive me. But as the results slowly trickled in throughout the night, there was a very distinct pattern that was happening. And that pattern was as follows in these five states. Trump in the beginning had a lead. As soon as they started counting the mail-in ballots, his lead started shrinking hour by hour. I've been thinking on exactly how to tackle this subject. That's part of the reason why this podcast is is coming about a week and a half going on two weeks late. Because I had a had an idea in my mind. I was going to go real in depth with numbers, statistics, clips, etc. Then as the days went by and pretty much the results kept on coming in day by day by day and President-elect Biden was catching up and surpassing the piece of shit in office there was so much information coming in I'm not going to lie I just got overwhelmed Because my mentality is this. When it comes to all aspects of life, if you cannot do it correctly, you shouldn't attempt to do it. You shouldn't half-ass anything. You shouldn't make up shit like the piece of shit in the office does. You should either do it correctly Or abstain from doing it at all. Plus, then I started thinking, I'm like, well, you know, I'm not really, I'm not a political pundit. This is just my opinion. So if everything is not so manicured and perfected, and being the fact that half the masses don't even know I exist, then I should just pretty much go off the hip. Then I'm like, you know what? That's not going to work either. So I'm doing a combination of everything. I'm pretty much going to give you a story. A story of how Donnie went through the voting process and the aftermath. And we're going to start maybe about um, a week before Election Day where I cast my early vote. It was a rainy afternoon. 
And uh, my early polling site closed at three o'clock. I didn't even know. I thought being the fact being the fact that uh let's say the day before was 10 to 6 i thought it was 10 to 6 every day no 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 it wasn't that's why i paid dividends that i actually looked up the polling site and looked at the hours and realized oh shit polling site's about to close at three o'clock this is my last available day before election day you know what the best thing to do i know if you get online before before three o'clock You'll be able to vote. It's only about a five minute walk. So I figured, okay, you know what? It's 240. Let me take my black ass around the corner and vote. So me, the missus, and my daughter, who's of age to vote, we decided, yeah, we're going to go. It was her first time voting. We get there. It was pretty much a seamless, seamless transaction. It took maybe about Less than a half hour, the whole thing. Got my early voting voting sticker. Can I make sure I'm look? That's part of the that's part of the privilege. You know, that's part of the perks of voting to get that sticker that you stick on your chest and poke it out proud and say, "Yeah, I voted." And then uh, when it's time for laundry, you discard that ticket, that sticker, and uh, you forget about it. But anyway, so that's what happened with you know the week before. So election day. I'm on my way to work and I'm passing various polling sites and, you know, it's a little bit of a line, but not much because the majority of people either dropped in their ballot before Election Day or cast the early vote. So Election Day comes and goes. I come, I get off, I go home. I'm like, you know what? All right. Let's see what's going on. And that's when I found out that pretty much everything is, every place is finished except for these five states that I mentioned before. As the, as the days went on, Georgia, Biden overtakes Trump. Pennsylvania, Biden overtakes Trump. Arizona, Still was neck and neck. Arizona didn't get confirmed until November 13th. Georgia actually got confirmed November 12th, November 13th. Throughout this process, and when Trump realizes, oh shit, my plan has been foiled. You know what that plan was? Over the summer, beginning of the summer he installed a postmaster whose sole purpose was to slow the count of mail pre um, running up to the election so therefore the people that were planning on voting early or voting by mail in a lot of states the ballot is not counted if it is not received by election day. So if you slow the post office down, that means deliveries aren't coming on time. Something that would usually take three to four days was taking about one to two weeks. Now running up a lot, some of the states did uh, 
changed their policies because they saw what was going on. At least the states were since. Trump leading up to the leading up to the election pretty much was telling all his followers and uh, coming up with a campaign to discredit the post office. Eh, I don't I, I, I don't trust these mail-in ba- ballots. You, y- y'all need to just go to the polls. And his followers did in mass. A lot of the opposition chose the various other ways to safely vote. So when election day, when the first results came in, it was pretty much expected that Trump was going to jump out to an early lead. And then when they started counting the mail-in ballots, Biden was going to steadily creep up and finally overtake him. But during all this whole process between um, in a week and a half of the, since the election, election day had passed, in these five states that were up for grabs, that were a little behind because they were counting the, counting the mail-in ballots, he started a campaign to discredit the whole election, saying these mail-in ballots, something wrong with them, they're fake, need to stop counting. Not realizing that by this time, in most of these states, he was behind. So if you stop, stop counting the votes, guess what? You can't catch up. Fucking brilliant. So he, he did all these frivolous lawsuits to contest the election. Not only that, when it finally was announced, I believe last Saturday, if I'm not believed, that they found that uh, the Associated Press called the election in favor of President-elect Biden. He refused and still refuses to concede the race. Now, here's where the 10 hat theories are going to start coming in. I recently read and I recently saw videos explaining exactly why the piece of shit is not conceding. There's a little known loophole when it comes to the presidential election. The loophole is as follows, and hopefully I get this correct, 100% correct. If sitting president, matter of fact, not even sitting president, if someone contests the results of the election and it's too close to call and they do not concede, There is a possibility that it goes back to Congress, specifically House of Representatives. Now, the way our election is set up, we have the electoral the electoral college. The way that works, every state based on the population has a certain number of electoral votes. Whoever receives the most popular votes in that state receive or are granted the electoral votes. So if you 
That's disgusting. Another person walking down the street, no mask, spitting into the wind. Anyway, where was, what was I saying? If by chance you get the right combination of states with the right combination of electoral votes to put you over the threshold of 270, because 270 is the number of votes that you need to win the election, then you do so. So you can, let's say, you can win out of the 50 states, you can win 20 states, but the, the right 20 states, you win the election. But, like I said, United States of America consists of 50 states. So, being the fact that Trump actually won more states, but he didn't win the right combination of states, he didn't receive the electoral votes. But here's where the kicker comes in. Goes back to the House of Representatives. Now, each you know, now each representative, yeah, each state has a representative. So, if you kick it back down to them and you go state by state, And they all pledge allegiance to the piece of shit. He gets to stay in office. A lot of times in the past, presidents or candidates, when it gets to a certain certain number, and it's you know uh, the calculations look like look, I, there's no way in hell I'm going to win. They concede, so they can start expediting the smooth transition of power because there's only about two and a half months between the election and when the president grabs his position. So to avoid all the rigmarole, if you realize that there's no way in hell I'm going to be able to win, win the election, you know what I can see all right, if you're in, you know, if you're uh, if you're already a sitting president and you're losing, you concede. So therefore, the president elect that the people put in put in place can uh, start their work early. You know what this motherfucker does? No, he's he, he's filing tr trivial lawsuits, trivious lawsuits, and he's not conceding. Not only that. Not only that, he's blocking the transition at a time where over a million people in the United States have gotten effect infected by the coronavirus in the last t 10 to 14 days. It took him 9 to 10 days to even address the country and when he addressed the country he started talking some bullshit about some vaccine and who and who is not going to get it not oh yeah you know my last two months i'm going to make sure this that and the third is taken care of no 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 i got sidetracked forgive me so being the fact that he's not conceding and this is the loophole you have everybody on the republican side Following his lead, 
not conceding, not respecting the results of the election. This is akin to a coup. But what people really don't realize is a lot of these frivolous lawsuits are just a smokescreen for a deeper, darker criminal link. He's purging the Pentagon of anybody who's not going to go along with his plan. The plan is as follows. The Pentagon houses the CIA, the FBI, or the intelligence of the country. You know what this mother F is really up to? Selling state secrets. I think just the other day, there was a sale of arms, of weapons to the Middle East. I believe Saudi Arabia to be exact for $2 billion. He's trying to set himself up with a nice, nice pile of money when he finally gets out of here. Also, he's trying to prevent his uh, ass from going to jail when he's no longer president. Because guess what? When you're no longer president, you could be prosecuted, baby. All this is going on behind the scenes but meanwhile a lot of people are only focused on the frivolous lawsuits his press conference yesterday which amounted to nothing this man has always been about distractions but at the same time he's not smart enough to really conceal his true motives if you look and listen over the last four years he tells on himself constantly constantly that's what we really have to worry about I was reading an article yesterday and someone made a parallel to two, on the, the election of 2000 Bush and Gore being the fact that that was contested in the courts totally different situation but certain similar and certain similar in certain aspects this person that wrote the article believed that that might have played a hand in the 9-11 attacks being the fact that everything was being fought in the courts so long that there wasn't a seamless transition from Clinton to either Bush or Gore and that left us wide open for the attack that happened less than a year after the election. That's why it's so important to have a seamless transition. Even more so now, because we're dealing with a fucking pandemic. People got these bullshit ass stimulus checks in May. June, July, August, September, October, November. Six months ago. People been out of work. For six, seven months. A lot of benefits have dried up. A little extra $500 used to get for unemployment. That shit dried up in July. August to be exact. 
Food pantries are running out of food. The homelessness population is just expanding because people are getting kicked out because the little protections over paying your rent have expired. All this is going on right now, currently in the United States. We have a man in the president-elect that wants to hit the ground running. But he's being blocked by a petulant piece of shit. He don't give a fuck about himself. Nor others. All these Republicans that keep for him. You don't give a fuck about y'all. All these regular citizens that are riding and dining with what's going with Trump. He don't give a fuck about y'all. He gets less than point zero 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 one percent about y'all at all. And that leads me to my next point. The last 10 days, once it became apparent that the piece of shit was actually going to get stepped on, you start hearing all this scuttlebutt. Well, you know, this is the time for unity. This is the time to bring everything together. This is the time to uh, absolve these Trump followers for their sins against society, for their warped way of thinking. This is the time to embrace them. Fuck that. Anybody who knows me personally knows I'm a man who holds grudges. It's a personality flaw, but a flaw I embrace because I feel like if you've done me wrong once, you don't get the opportunity to do me wrong again. People I know, especially people I don't know, once you show me your true colors, that's ingrained in my memory. That's ingrained in my brain. And I act and treat you accordingly. So all these people for the last four years, at least, that showed support to this man, this man that spearheaded separating families at the border over 500, more than likely, that's probably a low figure. Let's say a thousand... A thousand children that were separated from their families have yet to be reunited with their families. All these people that supported these racist bastards a couple years ago in Charlottesville that was running over people with their vehicles, that was marching the streets with fucking tiki torches. All these people currently right now Based on their beloved leader. Oh, I don't have to wear a mask. Fuck you. You can't tell me what to do with my body.
Yet these are the same people that want to ban abortion, but that's neither here nor there. All these people that have shown their racist tendencies. We're supposed to embrace them now? Since Ding Dong the leader's dead? Fuck that. Not happening here. Especially if you're a part of the population that was affected by this man's and his followers fucked up policies. Why should we embrace you now? Yeah, it would be beautiful if this country was a beautiful utopia, but it ain't. It ain't. At all. It would be beautiful if we could all stand together hand in hand, sing We Are The World, look at each other like Michael Jackson looked at Huey Lewis with his off, with his off fucking notes. It would be beautiful if we could do that, but guess what? Can't. Not right now. Possibly not ever. But that would be a beautiful thing. But the one thing we can control is how we open ourselves up for disappointment, hate, and so forth. And I feel like we should guard ourselves. Against these despicable people. These nasty people. Because they've shown time and time and time and time again. They don't give a fuck about you. So why should you give a fuck about them? Now, it's kind of probably too late into the podcast to apologize for the profanity in this current podcast. But it is what it is. And I apologize. Probably more to come. So, if I'm burning your ear too much with all this French speak, cut me off now. Join me next week. Maybe my mouth will be washed out of soap, washed out with soap by then. Probably not, but that's a chance you'll take. But what's really, really stuck in my craw was the fact of all these quote-unquote celebrities of our culture, of the hip-hop culture, broke their fucking neck to stand by this man. And or broke their neck to discredit President-elect Biden, Vice President-elect Harris. We can go down the line. We could start with Lil Wayne. I don't know why anybody would care, but you expose yourselves, you expose yourself, deal with the repercussions. We can go down the line to Ice Cube and his platinum plan. That he got pissed off about the fact that Biden and Harris told him, okay, but we'll meet with you after the election. He got offended. See, they don't give a fuck about us. You know, I spoke to Trump people. 
and, and, and they agreed to have a meeting. It actually goes step by step with my platinum plan. But yet, when he start getting the fucking backlash over it and start going into all these media outlets and they start asking them fucking questions about what it, what really consists of the platinum plan, he was left stupid. He was stuck on stupid. There was um, there was an interview a couple weeks uh, about a week prior to the election, I believe on one of the BT. Uh, outlets. Um, I believe they have Viv- Vivica A. Fox and Lisa Ray and a couple other women that I'm really just blanking on right now. Claudia Jordan. If more names come to my mind, I'll spit them out like I got Tourette's. And they asked them point blank. Well, what in this platinum plan for black people? Um, what does it have in it for black women? He, this motherfucker got offended. Oh, well, you know, I was just trying, you know, um, by all means, if y'all got any suggestions, motherfucker, don't you think you should have had to, you should have, which got reached out for suggestions before you, Branded this shit as the platinum plan for all black people, but you conveniently forgot about the black women. Mr. America's most wanted. Shoot, Friday's Friday won't be the same for me again. Come to find out him and Pookie got a lot of skeletons in their fucking closet. Besides the chronic. We can't forget about Mr. Curtis 50 Cent Jackson, who approximately less than a week before the election put out on social media. Man, when I found out about Brian's tax plan, this motherfucker trying to take all my bread. Yo, fuck that. Both Trump. Because there was a misconceived notion that spread amongst a lot of ordinary regular people about this tax plan that he was going to tax 60%. 60% of your income is going to be taxed for everybody. And that wasn't the case. Pretty much what Biden's plan is is to actually even out the tax brackets. The more you make, the more you, the more you get taxed. But it starts at four hundred thousand dollars. So all the regular Joe Smoles out here, including myself, who make nowhere near four hundred thousand dollars, shit, I don't think I've made a hundred thousand dollars in a year yet. Hopefully, my time will come. You're not getting taxed at sixty percent. But that was just a window into the mentality of all these black celebrities who have been who were speaking out on this tax plan that showed that exposed them for what they what they were really concerned about. 
their own self, their own pocket. And they would rather have a man in the office that literally could give less than the fuck about your life just to preserve the amount of money that they make. Never mind about the fact that I want to say more than half these people probably don't even put back in their own fucking community. They got their money, they moved the fuck out, and never look back. But when it comes to 50 Cent, once again, I put him in the category of Lil Wayne. Fuck y'all listening to him for? Really? I mean, we could go down south to Miami, where you had Uncle Luke... Talking about, well, you know, if they if they don't allow, allow, allow Uncle Luke to sit at the table, you can't get no votes from Dade County. N-word, please. And the only reason I'm saying N-word instead of the actual word is because I know we do have, or should I say I do have, an eclectic following. So I don't want to give anybody the license to use that shit. So therefore I'm going to refrain. And I believe out of close to 30 episodes, that word has never come out my mouth. Not once. So I'm not going to plan on doing it now, but point still remains. Dude, really? You choose leading up to an election to start spewing all this nonsense. All the people that, matter of fact, Ice Cube, he believes that, oh, you know, he's trying to give us $5 billion. He's been in office for four years. Don't you think he's had more than enough time? If he was going to do that, he would have did it already. Also, once again, he's been in office for four years. Don't you think? The time to try to implement something like this would have been at the beginning and not the end. So what, you wanted to give him four more years to finish the fucking job? Or do you want four more years so you can safeguard and protect your fortune? Hmm. Yeah. Exactly what I thought. Sometimes when you don't know what you're talking about, matter of fact, scratch that. When you don't know what you're talking about and when you're way beyond your depth, you should sit down. Matter of fact, you should walk to the corner of the room, turn around, sit down and shut your fucking mouth. If you have if you don't have anything to impart that's either correct and or positive, you should just shut the fuck up. That's what I try to do. I've come up with an old saying. I've never heard it before. Nobody told it to me, but it came to my mind 
a couple years ago. And I tried to live by this credo. The smartest person in the room is the person who realizes they're not the smartest person in the room. Saves you from a whole bunch of trouble, a whole bunch of embarrassment, a whole bunch of tomfoolery. Ever since that shit popped in my mind a couple years ago, I think it coincided with me turning 40. That's how I live. That's exactly how I live. A lot of times I observe and figure out what's going on, what's what, and who's who. And I move accordingly. Once again, people who know me personally know I could talk a mile a minute. I devote shit that uh, normal people don't, but mostly because I really don't care. Because you can only be affected by stuff that you're allowed to be affected by. So, you know, if I run off at the mouth and I tell this, that, and third, okay, if it comes back to me, so be it. I know what I, I, I know what I, I know what I spewed. I know what I uttered. I know what I've said. But I also know that, um, Everybody in the society has somebody that probably has more more intelligence than them, more rounded than them. And that's where the part of arrogance gets in. And that's and and, and pretty much that's the point. These people are so arrogant that they feel because of X amount of years people followed them around and, and idol worshiped them. That their word really means something in the big picture. And it really doesn't. I would never say shut up and dribble. I would never say shut up and rap. But. If you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Then abstain from the conversation. And let those who do know what they're talking about. Lead the conversation. Pick up whatever is pertinent to your particular individual situation and move accordingly. But all these people that came out the woodwork, thank you. Thank you so much. So now I know exactly how you feel. I know exactly how where you stand. Brett Favre. Who else? Brett Favre, uh, campaigner for Trump. Jay Cutler, campaigner for Trump. Does it surprise you? Does it really surprise you? But like I said, what really, what really just made me flabbergasted was the amount of so-called woke people that 
really revealed themselves to be the trash they probably always were. First thing first, man, you're fucking with the worst. I be sticking pins in your head like a fucking nurse. <laughs> I'm starting off that, this segment like that for a reason. The worst. And when I think of the worst, you know what pops in my mind instantaneously? The New York Jets. The New York Jets this week are on a bye week. Whoopee! They've been on a bye week since week one. The last game that they played was this past Monday night against the arch-rival New England Patriots. And, of course, they lost. But it was it was a special type of loss. Kept them on track to be the number one pick, to which got to garner the number one pick in this on next year's NFL draft. It kept us on track for Omen 16, baby. But one thing, well, a couple things happened in that game that um kind of confirmed what I've said in the past. As I take a sip of my Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee. Gates don't know what the fuck he doing. Or Gates knows exactly what he's doing. Case in point. The New York Jets led the majority of that game. They actually scored 27 points, which were more than they scored in, I believe, the three games prior to that total. I watched this game partially with disgust, partially out of morbid curiosity, and partly because I was home and I just said, fuck it, let me just watch the game. And you know what I saw? Okay. Let me preface this by saying, for the first time, I believe all season, the top three wide receivers on the New York Jets were all active and able to play. But you know who wasn't able to play? Sam Donald. Sam Donald missed this past game due to a shoulder injury that he he initially received. he initially got injured against, coincidentally, the last primetime game they just played against the Denver Broncos, which, once again, was actually a pretty good game that they lost at the end. I think I said back then, why would you put Sam Donald back in the game once you realized his shoulder was damaged? He ended up, I believe he ended up missing the next two games. Joe Flacco... Played this past game and through a combination of play calling and just different tendencies of quarterbacks, Joe Flacco was flinging it all over the fucking field. And guess what? He was actually throwing it more than five yards in the air. It's like a totally different team. And that begs the question. 
Okay. First question. Is the reason that the play calling changed was based on the fact that they actually had the top three wide receivers active? Was the reason that they were taking more chances and actually looking like a decent offense because Joe Flacco is more experienced than Sam Donald? Tick, tick, tick. I'm going to go on a tangent because actually I lost my train of thought. You know who and what Sam Donald reminds me of? Mark Sanchez, year four. The year that Woody Johnson, in his infinite wisdom, decided to bring Team Tebow to the team. This was at the height of Tebow mania, mind you. And Mark Sanchez, just to appease him based on the fact that they brought Tim Tebow after they pursued Peyton Manning in the offseason, they gave Mark Sanchez an extension. But once they brought Tim Tebow into the team and all the news was about Tim Tebow and all the coverage was about Tim Tebow, you could just see Sanchez's confidence shrinking and shrinking and diminishing and diminishing until ultimately there was no more left you see that's what the new york jets do we destroy quarterbacks not during the game without defense no 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 we destroy quarterbacks literally. Every freaking quarterback that has come to the Jets for one reason or another have been destroyed. Go back to Chad Pennington. Tell you the truth, he was the last quarterback that somewhat got dealt with correctly. Unfortunately, he got injured so many times on his throwing arm that it got to the point that they felt that he was expendable when Mega Favre was available. And you know what happened that season? You guessed it. Pennington, who, who was released... Went down south to the Miami Dolphins, the inner division rival, and led them to an AFC East championship. The Jets with Mega Favre finished nine and seven out of the playoffs. That season begat Sanchez, who started fresh out the box rookie. Had Moxie, had had a swag to him. The Sanchez. Do y'all remember one game during his rookie season? The team was busting Oakland Raiders' ass so much that he was on the bench eating a hot dog. Albeit sneaking a hot dog, 
and he apologized for it after. But that's type. That's what type of dude he was. He didn't give a fuck until the Jets beat it out of him. His career effectively ended in a preseason game when Rex Ryan put him in in the fourth quarter of a meaningless, meaningless preseason game against the New York Giants, where he was playing behind a fourth string offensive line, got hurt for the season, and then eventually got released by the Jets. And then he was a journeyman bouncing around from team to team to team, but by this time he was shot. He's still famously known for the butt fumble. Then we got uh, Fitzpatrick. He he ended up shitting on himself the end of the regular season that year. Then held out for more money. And then uh, pretty much was trash. Turned into Fitztragic. We did Josh McCown for two years. First year, he was decent. But our team stoked. But he was decent. Second year, his main purpose was to tutor and mentor the incoming rookie quarterback in Sam Donald. And coincidentally, that, that's been Donald's best season. His first season. Now you hear Donald on interviews. He just sounds so defeated. Really defeated. Not only that, the coaching staff isn't even giving him any um is doing it isn't doing him any favors. And right now, at the at the end of the season, if they did decide to trade him, you're not getting much for him. Shoot, fuck around. He's damaged goods now because he got a bum bum throwing shoulder. But these are the Jets. So like I said. Coincidentally, it's funny. As a matter of fact, it's ironic that um, the week that I decide to renege on my own promise of not talking about these bum motherfuckers, guess what? They don't play. So, after I finish this segment, I will go back on my protest until the end of the season when there's actually something pertinent to talk about with these fucking Jets. Well... That brings us to the New York Mets. The New York Mets have a new owner, Mr. Cohen. It's official. He made the media rounds this last week. And pretty much he let it be known in no uncertain terms that he expects a winner within three to four years. He brought back Sandy Alderson, pretty much like director of baseball operations. And from the sound of Alderson, he's thinking about uh, bringing in Trevor Bauer. I would not mind it. I would not mind it at all. Because now that Alderson, might as well call this Alderson Part 2, now Alderson can use both his knowledge and his connections, and now he actually has a purse overflowing with money. That combination can be deadly. Ultimately, hopefully, it will be successful. Now, 
I'm just going to spitball for a minute because I'm 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 noticing this podcast is way longer than I intended it to be. But that's what happens when you are procrastinating for two and a half weeks and you try to cram two and a half weeks of information into one podcast. So there it is. They're interested in Trevor Bauer. Perfect. Not a, I have no problem with that. Marcus Stroman picked up his option for next year. Normally, I would have a problem with that, but at this point in time, fuck it. Why not? Because he should be motivated to actually give his all, being the fact he's going into a walk year of a contract, whether he wants it from us, from the Yankees, or any other team in the league. So, you slot him in. All right, how about this? You sign Trevor Bauer. We got Stroman back. Syndergaard is coming back from Tommy John. But Syndergaard, matter of fact, take him out the equation because everybody knows it's usually the second season after Tommy John that they're really full strength. But with modern science, who knows? But we're going to take Syndergaard out the equation right now. Your top three starters is two-time Cy Young champion. Cy Young winner, Jacob DeGrom. You slot the current Cy Young winner and Trevor Bauer as the number two. And you bring Strowman as a three and a four or or three or four. I believe we still got Steven Matz. Um, We still got some of the some of the um, some of the pitches that um, showed potential this season, albeit it was a lost season. And if you wish to add some dependable, dependable arms in the bullpen, I say we're ready to go. I'm not saying we're going to get to the World, World Series this year, but um, what it boils down to is the Metropolitans. Copyright Steve Summers. The Metropolitans have always been built on pitching. You mean to tell me that one, two, three punch? Can't go toe-to-toe with anybody in the NL? Our, our offense is, isn't shabby at all. The problem, out of everything I just mentioned, is the one thing I didn't mention. is the defense. We have so many bats that we, just to make sure we optimize the amount of bats that we have in our lineup to lengthen it out, most, most, most often than not, we sacrifice our defense because we're put, plugging in players in positions they really shouldn't be playing. But being the fact that their bat is so good, we have to put them in the lineup. Now, if you get a couple people off the bench just for defensive on purposes only, you could uh, platoon them. Not even platoon them. Or you could substitute them toward the late innings. Like I said, I think we have to makings of a winner no longer will we be the bastard child of the bronx bombers no longer will we accept second tier status in new york city no fucking longer will we be the new york mess I proclaim this here and now, a Mets city, a Mets town, 
and the beginning of a myth dynasty. Luckily, I've actually lived through a championship with the Mets. So, if by chance, some some chance that shit doesn't go through fruition, then um, I got mine. But I really feel I really feel positive about this. We no longer have an owner or owners that can't outspend their mistake. No longer. No longer do we have owners that if we're in contention and there's somebody available, but they have a lot of money left over, we automatically just don't look at them. No, now they're in play. Our owner, our owner is worth $14 billion. He's already said during the introductory press conference, I'm not in this to make any money. I'm here to give the greatest fans in the world a winner. Because they deserve a winner. And that's what he plans on giving them. And I say salute to that man. Now, personally, the way my luck usually runs, something to end up fucking going wrong. But positive thoughts, positive thoughts only. I'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But as of now, I'm basking in the glory. Basking in the glory. If it wasn't for this fucking pandemic, I would be actually looking forward to spring training. But at this point in time, I might just be looking forward to spring because that might be the only relief we get. Well, I was planning on talking about the NBA and a lot of scuttlebutt going on. Um, We have a total implosion going on in in Houston with the Rockets. Russell Westbrook wants out. James Harden wants out. They got rid of D'Antoni. Well, they didn't bring back D'Antoni. Daryl Morey left. We got a, they got, well, we fuck about the Rockets. They have an owner that's um pretty 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 problematic when it comes to the amount of money he actually has to devote to this franchise. He got hit hard in this pandemic. Mr. Fatita. So you're hearing all this stuff out of out of Houston. These two stars want to leave. One story was uh, James Harden and the Brooklyn Nets. Well, Houston and the Brooklyn Nets are trying to work out a deal to bring James Harden to Brooklyn to team up with Kyrie and KD. All right, whatever. Actually, you know, I'm actually looking forward to that. I hope it happens. I hope it happens. You know why I hope it happens? Because all these people that's just 
talking and bumping their gums, talking about the Nets are going to do this, the Nets are going to do that. Yo, we back. This one basketball. One. Kyrie don't want to let that go. KD could slide in and, and get in where he fit in. Harden has had his own team for the last seven years. And every time somebody tried to take the ball out of his hand or have him move off the ball, there was a problem. End of the season, that problem had to go. You had Dwight Howard. You had Chris Paul. And now you have Russell Westbrook. The constant, James Harden. But he's going to come to the fucking Brooklyn Nets. And uh, everything is supposed to be copacetic. All right, I want to see it. Now, the part that I actually am interested in is the Westbrook part. Because Westbrook has been, let it be known he wants to get out of Houston. And wherever he gets traded to, he wants to be the centerpiece. He wants to be the man. Only problem is, with the money that's left on his contract, three years at over $120 million, averaging about $40 million a year, his last year's worth $47 million for the year, not a lot of teams that's really got an appetite to pick the, pick up that uh, potential player option. You know what? What you know? One team that's considering it. You guessed it. The New York Knickerbockers. Copyright Steve Summers. Yeah. Nick's talking about yeah. We we we'll, we got all this cap room and nobody wants to come here. So shit. Fuck. Why not? And you know what I say? Why not? Like, really, why not? What do you have to lose? As long as you don't give up too much. And I'm not talking about players, per se, because we have no players, really, to give up that's worth anything. If we did, then we wouldn't be in a position that we are. I'm talking about collateral. I'm talking about draft picks. No way in hell do you give them the number eight pick for this upcoming draft. That's in less than a week. No, no, you do not give them next year's Dallas pick because the Dallas pick that we got from unloading on Pazingas, Pazingas is a walking injury waiting to happen. So if they only have Donka or Donkic or whatever the fuck his name is, Luca, they only have him and they're in the West and they don't make the playoffs. Guess where they guess where that leaves them? That leaves them in the lottery. And we got their picks. So, no, you don't give that up either. You give something up in the late 20s. You get them a future number one three years from now. And uh, you give them Randall. You give them whoever the fuck you have to give them, except for RJ and Mitchell Robinson. And um, pretty much you roll the dice from there. Because, like I said, we have nothing to lose. Westbrook by himself, I believe, could get us to the playoffs. Thibodeau, as the coach, Westbrook holding everybody else accountable, and that's kind of the reason why he wants to get out of Houston, because the one person he wants to hold accountable is the man of that team, and that's Harden. So being the fact that he knows that's not going to happen, he wants to go. On the Knicks, 
Who the fuck is going to look at, at, at Russ and talk and tell him, nah, I don't want to do it that way? Yo, Brody will get up in your grill and make you do it the way he wants you to do it. Never mind about the fact of you know what kind of rivalry we're going to have if we got Russ in the, in, on the Knicks and we got KD on the Nets. Yeah. I feel like this. I'm a Knicks fan. I've been a Knicks fan since 1984. So that's 36 years. Never mind about the fact of, yeah, I do proclaim myself a Golden State fan. We're not talking about them right now. We're talking about the New York Knicks. Because I know one of y'all out there like, Yo, don't don't he be don't he be which girl riding with the with the Warriors now? All of a sudden he jumping back on the Knicks because they got a chance at Russell. No, 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 no. The reason I don't talk about the Knicks per se is because they give me no reason to talk about them at all. Positive or negative. There's no reason whatsoever to talk about them. They're irrelevant. And I feel like if we're gonna be irrelevant. At least let's add some fucking spice. Because as long as James Dolan is the is the owner, we're not getting the championship. We're not even gonna sniff 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 one. Look, I'm I'm not even gonna be blinded by that. I already know we're not. Or until this old guard gets out of the gets out of the league, nobody nobody of substance is coming to the Knicks willingly. They're not. The only way we're gonna be able to do it is through trades. We have the room, absorb the contract, and work from there. It's three years. You don't know who is gonna who's gonna be worth anything out of this year's draft. And the way this pandemic is going, you don't know who's gonna be worth anything out of next year's draft, because are they even gonna have a college basketball season? I don't even know. So fuck it. Why not? And I swear, I started the segment talking about I wasn't going to talk about the NBA because I was going way too long. And lo and behold, guess what? I ended up talking about the NBA. So how about that? Yeah, I'm the man. Now you're a professional podcaster. But I'm the man. Do this shit in my sleep. If I slept in my car. Well, people, that brings us to the end of another edition. Donnie is in a very ornery mood. Not sure if y'all could tell. I don't even know. But I'm going to leave y'all with this. A little tidbit, a little story of how my day began today. I woke up this morning, and you know what I did when I first woke up? I don't know if I had a dream, a nightmare, premonition. I don't know what the fuck. But you know what the first thing I did when I woke up this morning? Before I actually woke up, I threw the pillow as hard as I could against the fucking wall. And set up like the fucking Undertaker. 
I looked at the time. I gave a loud sigh. And I commenced to get myself ready to go to my fucking job. That's how my day started today. And then I did this podcast. Figure out, blow some steam off. And it helped. And I appreciate every one of y'all for listening to me. Sometimes you need an outlet, you know? Sure, I may mess around and start my own podcast network. But that's for a later date. Hopefully, you know what? Matter of fact, I ain't say nothing. There's going to be one soon. Maybe Wednesday, maybe Thursday, maybe a week from Wednesday. Who knows? That's part of the charm. That's part of the lore of the Donnie Ooh podcast, Salty Thoughts. But you know what you can do to avoid waiting, to avoid anticipating, to avoid wondering? Yo, is Donnie going to drop this week? Is Donnie going to drop this week? Is Donnie dropping today? Is Donnie dropping tomorrow? Did Donnie drop yesterday? You know what you can do? Subscribe! And leave a comment. On all podcasting platforms. Or should I say, all streaming streaming platforms that you can listen to your podcast on. And like I said, it's coming. The merch is coming. Just got to sort out a couple kinks here and there. But, um, shoot, mess around. Sell some shirts. Sell some masks. Yeah, mask. Yeah, that, that, that sounds like a lucrative proposition maybe some cell phone cases fuck around get some get some rubber gloves with the salty thoughts of donnie ooh and print it on it while you put them on your hands to protect yourself from the rona i feel another another ramble coming on so i'm going to get out while the getting is good until next time goodbye bye
하늘지 